time for this on talk, no shock. And now, from the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Cybert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff, and things. Also sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is, fresh from his haircut and lollipop, Mike Seibert. <laughs> Thank you, and welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, call the Mike Seibert Radio voicemail hotline, 231-224-MIKE. That's 231-224-6453. And right into the mailbag, Mike Seibert Radio at gmail.com. And that spelling is... S-E-I-B-E-R-T, just like it sounds. And this week, we're heading back to the world of the Transformers. Got a quick update about Sidefest Northwest, and one of my favorite Transformers artists has a new crowdfunded project, but it turns out there just might be more than meets the eye. That's stupid. It's bad news. All of that and more on this all-new episode of Mike Seibert Radio. All right, let's get into shout-outs. Yay. Steal again. It's so catchy. (laughs) Sorry, Mike. That, of course, performed by Aaron, Ryan, and Caleb, the Autopod Decepticast. So, yeah, um... New intro. Uh, my good buddy and frequent guest co-host on the show, Dave Sanders, produced that piece featuring music used with permission from Michael Geisler, a.k.a. Bytor, a great friend of the show. Uh, you could find more music like that, including tunes from his previous bands, These Young Fools, Flicker and Flicker and Fade, as well as a ton of solo stuff as well. Bytormusic.com is his website, Check it out. And keeping with independent music, the 10th anniversary of Kirby Crackle continues with the announcement of the 10 Years of Nerd Rock 2019 West Coast Tour kicking off in less than one month from now. Join Kyle Stevens live and come sing along this summer at some of the best comic book shops in the country and more. Seattle. Portland, Eugene, Redding, Oakland, San Francisco, Pasadena, San Diego, and Las Vegas. Tickets and times to be announced. For more information, check out KirbyCracklemusic.com and at KirbyCrackle, spelled with two Ks, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and use the hashtag NerdRock. And check out the amazing poster art by the ultra-talented Dean Tripp, featuring a version of the Amalgam Universe, I Wish We Could Have Now, and a, of course, a colorful rainbow background, perfect for Pride Month. That is going to be a whole lot of fun. And keeping it local, um, I wanted to take a few minutes and talk about Cybefest Northwest, uh, that... um, That convention is coming up on Saturday, 
July 27th, Cybefest Northwest, the Cybertronian Festival, celebrates all things Transformers with a Pacific Northwest spin. I've talked about it on the show uh, a couple few times before. This will be their sixth annual event, the unofficial Transformers conventions for the fans by the fans. Cybefest will be held at the Kent Commons Community Center across from the Showware Center. Um, and it's been a while since uh, since I've shared some news. So first, uh, this was about a, a month or so ago, uh, they made a huge uh, guest announcement. Uh, this, uh, I'm reading from their Facebook page, Cybefest Northwest is thrilled to announce this year's special guest, the one, the only, David Kay. Uh, David Kay began his connection with Transformers in Beast Wars, playing the menacing yet humorous T-Rex Megatron. He continued to play Megatron in Beast Machines, as well as Transformers Armada, Energon, and Cybertron. Uh, David Kay then gave one of the most interesting interpretations of the iconic Optimus Prime in Transformers Animated. Uh, beyond his roles of Megatron and Optimus Prime, David Kay has also contributed to the most recent version of Robots in Disguise and Transformers Prime. Uh, you can also hear David Kay's work in a variety of video games and TV shows such as Ratchet and Clank, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, X-Men Evolution, as well as multiple G.I. Joe series. Uh, so join us at Cybefest Northwest on July 27th and meet David Kay, uh, get an autograph, get a picture, and join us for a Q&A panel. Now, speaking of panels, Cybefest Northwest 2019 panel submission is open. Wanted to let you know about that. Do you have something special you'd like to share with your fellow fans? Are you super interested in one particular subject in the fandom? Maybe you collect ugly knockoffs, or maybe you're an expert in toy customization. Whatever your thing is, Share it with all of Cybefest 2019 by hosting a panel. Uh, there's a Google Doc that's been shared around Facebook, but I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well uh, for you to click on and submit your panel idea. And I bring that up because, and and I, I don't have all the info yet. Uh, some things are still kind of being finalized. Um, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But I am hoping to host a panel at Sidefest. And if the logistics work out, it'll be a live recording of the podcast that you will have the opportunity to participate in. So stay tuned for that. Um, also, I want to let you know that dealer tables are almost sold out. In fact, they might be by the time you're listening. Uh, so if you're looking to be an exhibitor or a vendor and sell your Transformers, you might want to get on that sooner than later. And finally, uh, check out the Sidefest Northwest Facebook page for artist interviews with fan artist Joelle Jeanette, a.k.a. Kelsey Kelsey, uh, who will be selling her art for the first time at this year's Sidefest, and freelance illustrator Billy Manafort, a.k.a. Cosmic Danger. Uh, look for their contact 
contact info in the show notes. Really cool stuff. Uh, fun interviews. And stay tuned to upcoming episodes of Mike Seibert Radio for updates. And as we get closer, I'm hoping to connect with some of the vendors and exhibitors and artists uh, that will be participating in Cybefest Northwest 2019. Again, that is Saturday, July 27th, Kent Commons Community Center. For more info, check out Cybefest Northwest on Facebook and Twitter and at their website, cybefestnw.com. That's S-Y-B-F-E-S-T-N-W.com. Call the Mike Cyber Radio Voicemail Hotline, 231-224-MIKE. And for you youngins that don't know how the letters work on a phone, that's 231-224-6453. Get off my lawn. Okay, so I've made a discovery recently about a fan favorite Transformers creator uh, that I... I guess I need your help unpacking, even if it's maybe just listening, um, because I'm I'm still kind of upset in a way that I'm having a hard time articulating. Uh, first, though, before uh, before we get too far, um, are you familiar with Comicsgate? Now, depending upon who you talk to and who you know. They're either a consumer-led revolt against uh, left-wing dominance in the comic book industry or an alt-right hate group built on the harassment of women, LGBTQ+, uh, people of color, and other minority creatives working in comics. So, to prepare for this episode, I, I found a couple different wiki pages that I've kind of cobbled together uh, defining what Comics Gate is is and now that i have that search history um uh here's a little bit of what i found uh comicsgate is an online movement that believes the comic book industry especially publishers like marvel and dc is oversaturated by political messaging that appeals explicitly to only one get demographic that is not interested in the medium to the detriment of the existing customer base and the industry as a whole it also addresses the lack of professionalism, inclusivity, objectivity, and accountability of the publishers and their employees, in other words, management, editors, writers, artists, etc., when dealing directly with the customers. Uh, Comicsgate is a campaign in opposition to perceived forced diversity and progressivism in the content of North American superhero comic books and the kinds of creators who work in the industry. Uh, the name Comicsgate is derived from Gamergate, a similar movement related to video games. Um, Comicsgaters believe the following are problems that pervade the comic book industry. Uh, it's a numbered list. There are five. Uh, number one, the uh, uh, the adoption of art styles influenced exclusively by progressive politics and by the awkward, stilted injection of said political messages into stories, regardless of whether context demands it or not. 
Number two, the hiring of people based solely on their surface traits and quote unquote oppressed demographic status uh, like women, minorities, LGBTQ plus and etc. Rather than hiring based on merit, affinity or enthusiasm for craft. Number three, the change or outright replacement of beloved classic characters to pander to progressive and or leftist politics instead of creating new characters for this end. Number four, the elitist purge of anything that is quote unquote not progressive enough. Number five, the rejection of honest criticism swept aside as harassment or discrimination. Now, uh, members of the movement object to things they feel exemplify problems in the comic industry, which interfere with entertaining its traditional readers. Examples include storylines in which the white male characters that have traditionally had superhero identities of Wolverine, Thor, Hulk, Captain America, and Spider-Man have been replaced by female and or racial minority characters, uh, stories dealing with social issues, and the depiction of women with less idealized figures. They argue that a shift of focus away from catering exclusively to traditional readers in order to win the favor of new comics readers and hiring more diverse talent have led to declining sales. Professionalism, uh, I'm sorry, uh, professionals in the movement complain of discrimination against them for the for their socio-political views. Participant in Comics Gate sometimes portray their effort as a quote-unquote consumer revolt. Comicsgate has not so far, however, organized any formal boycott against the companies they dislike. A more popular tactic is what is called a boycott, in which the customers, uh, consumers uh, purchase comics that match their preferences and publicize their purchases such as hashtag move the needle. This has a twofold purpose. Number one, the hashtag participants are active paying customers. And number two, the comics that customers are willing to pay for and wish to see more of. Now, on the flip side of it, uh, criticism includes uh, Comicsgate is often described by industry professionals and online activists as motivated primarily by sexism, racism, bigotry, homophobia, and various other forms of bigotry. So, that's a lot to digest. I I know. Um, And, you know, you might have heard it catch in my voice it's like there there's a few times as i'm reading this material that that i prepared here it's like i just had to like stop for a second because it's just like jesus christ i mean it's just like the um the implication of what's actually being said and it uh um can be upsetting and you know for the most part I've been able to stay on the sidelines, uh, mostly. Uh, I don't read a whole lot of mainstream comics anymore, and it seemed to me, at least on the surface, um, it seemed like most of the creators involved 
in comics gay were you know troglodytes whose stuff I never really uh, liked to begin with. Uh, not really a thing on my radar. You know, it, it seems to me that a lot of the books and characters that were discussed even deeper on some of the material I found was stuff that came about after I kind of jumped off. So, so Comicsgate has kind of been like a weird blind spot for me because, um, yeah, like I said, it, the 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 movement kind of seemed to um, get traction after I had kind of, uh, for the most part, jumped off of uh, mainstream comics. Uh, but I do see a lot of tweets, and that's what brings me to today. And um, up front, I want to mention, I, I'm not going to name names here. Uh, do a quick search on Twitter, and you can figure out exactly who I'm talking about for yourself uh, very quickly. Um, but basically, I, I've come to the realization that I can't keep my head in the sand any longer because um, Comicsgate is at my doorstep, um, and it's it is now part of a fandom that I or a community of uh, fandom that I I I never thought I would have to deal with, you know, um, in uh, in Transformer comics. Um, I I guess I guess my first clue came from a stray tweet that I came across saying uh, that they just discovered yesterday that a creator's crowdfunded book, which didn't seem remotely Comicsgate related, was in fact a Comicsgate project, and that the creator is very comics gate aligned really disheartening and i read that tweet and and immediately my heart sank because i knew exactly which book they were referring to and exactly which creator they were talking about but i didn't want to believe it you know i uh thought it was a weird fluke or or a mistake or you know a out of context subtweet because i mean i i've done my fair share of subtweeting myself and sometimes a subtweet can be so vague that it's like oh no that that's not what i'm talking about at all it turns out it was something else entirely yeah no no that that's that's not the case here um and i, I suppose my first red flag was how quickly the uh, uh, the the project, the crowdfunding uh, book, was funded, and which specific crowdfunding platform was being used for the campaign? Again, uh, red flags that that I may have ignored on the front end, but kind of became clear as I kind of started to uh, put the clues together. But then. I saw which creators specifically were supporting it, uh, known Comicsgate creators. Um, and against my better judgment, I kept digging until finally I found the proverbial smoking gun. I guess the thing I was looking for, um, you know, uh, tweets with direct interaction uh, between this creator and other 
uh, comic skaters, and uh, I, I came across a podcast appearance uh, with uh, this creator and the uh, <clears throat> Caesar of uh, Comics Gate himself, uh, self-appointed, uh, it appears. Uh, and I had no idea. I, uh, I, I was a huge fan of this guy's stuff, and I will be honest with you, the only reason I hadn't backed the project is because I'm lazy and I just hadn't gotten around to it yet. Uh, but I was I was fully intending to. Not only was I going to um, uh, back the project, you know, as 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 a supporter, uh, but I was also going to invite the creator on to be a guest on the show here uh, to talk about the project and to actively support it, uh, like I have other. Uh, crowdfunded books uh, previously, uh, which I'll I'll loop back around to in a minute because that 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 kind of becomes relevant uh, to where uh, to where I'm going with a lot of this. Um, the only reason I didn't, uh, meaning the only reason why I didn't reach out to this creator and arrange for an interview, was how fast the campaign was funded. Didn't need my help. Um, I, and I still had it in the back of my mind. Perhaps I was going to reach out like, oh, I don't know, maybe like if there were stretch goals that were going to be announced or, and keep in mind, this was like on day one of the campaign that, that, that I was making a lot of these decisions. Um, or, or maybe after like the campaign was finished or when it was going to be published. I, I didn't know yet because, um, well, come to find out it wouldn't matter. Um, but I, uh, I, I've bought this guy's books. I, I've met him in person, shaken his hand, given him my money, uh, interacted with him on Twitter. You get the idea. Um, and, and, and I guess now I, I'm glad that I, for intents and purposes, kind of dodged a bullet, um, because I I don't specifically uh, want to be seen as uh, uh, supporting what what many perceive to be as a uh, as a hate group, and actually you know what I um I I want to tell this story very quickly too because this this is a story that I think I have told to uh, various people I've had in contact with over the air. Um, but I just privately, you know, it's like when interviews are done, but I, I don't think I've ever told this story publicly before I, um, so, so there's two main people, uh, that, that are most closely associated with, uh, uh, with Comicsgate. One of them is a relatively famous artist that used to work for DC comics the other guy is a knucklehead on YouTube. Um, and there was a time actually way back before I had, uh, before I was on KGRG, before I started Mike Seibert radio, before I was doing any kind of podcasting or interviews or any of the stuff that I'm doing now. One of my first things that I did with BJ Shea's geek nation, um, Aside from harassing them on voicemails and emails and interacting with the show that way was I 
started a column of comic book reviews, uh, you know, written comic book reviews, uh, um, a, a series I called What's in My Bag, which was which was basically, you know, kind of my reviews of kind of like some of the comics that I had purchased that week. Didn't last very long because I couldn't really maintain it. And my comics book reading is very similar to my television watching uh, habitually in that like I get behind very easily and by the time I commentate on stuff it's kind of old and outdated I mean I was I was grateful for the opportunity and it really kind of helped me wedge my foot in but um but yeah no it 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 in a way kind of led to uh podcasting and and radio and all that but I but I'm um I'm getting off track um through this, I found myself interacting with creators, and there were um, a couple different instances where I was interacting with independent creators, and I would say, well, hey, man, I uh, I write this column for this website, um, and it's connected to this podcast that's connected to this uh, this radio station. Um, you know, if you would like to share a review copy with me, I'll check it out and I'll on and I will uh, write up a review uh, for uh, uh, for the website. And like I said, I mean, like uh, there, there were a couple different indie creators that I uh, connected with and ended up kind of, you know, corresponding with enough to where I could cobble together what I I guess would be for intents and purposes an interview. Um, there was this uh, uh, creator who wrote, I don't remember the name of the title, and even if I did, I probably wouldn't share it here because I don't want to uh, give it the publicity. But basically, I, I came across this artist who was doing like, I don't know, I guess the best way I could describe it is like uh, um, kind of like knockoff G.I. Joe type uh, characters. And I was like, um, hey, man, I, I kind of like your stuff. Uh, do you want to send me a book? And and for whatever reason, I don't I don't remember what the specific reason was. Maybe I got occupied at school. Uh, but for whatever reason, I ended up not connecting with this guy. I never got a copy of the book and I never really wrote anything about it. And. I and I re, I do remember this vividly and I am mildly embarrassed kind of uh you know like 4 5 6 years in retrospect the only reason I unfollowed this guy on Twitter is because his Twitter had become so spammy with character designs of this uh of this knockoff GI Joe comic he was doing and it wasn't until Oh, I don't know. Uh, I maybe like four years later or something like that. Come to find out, this dude is like you know, like the the number two guy in Comicsgate, and this book, the one that I almost got a preview copy of and almost did an interview with this guy about, was basically the, um, for lack of better term, flagship title of Comicsgate. So very early on in my early 
um, goings at at you know being a public figure. I almost stepped in it, and I was almost the guy that almost uh, uh, talked to the Comicsgate guy before it was Comicsgate, and and that's something that that's a legacy. I really would prefer to have not had so i i've told that story before privately where it's like who buddy i really dodged a bullet um well give it a couple more years and i guess not unlike final destination uh that bullet finds you and that's that's kind of where i'm at with this uh um with this particular transformers creator because as i said i've had that interaction with him and ironically enough very similar now in that they're you know one did kind of uh knock off gi joe stuff and this other guy actually worked on gi joe but i uh i perhaps digress i i i just felt sick about it i i felt like literally nauseous like kind of kind of queasy um and and i felt a little betrayed um you know, just kind of like that, that, that squirrely, squishy feeling. Um, but mostly I, I felt confused. Um, and during this process of me trying to figure out how to feel, I did more research and found a more comprehensive list of Comicsgate creators and, while some of the names I found weren't exactly surprising, uh, there were more than a couple heartbreakers, uh, creators whose books I and and work I I absolutely loved. You know, stuff I was I was really into uh, when I was a teenager, and and again, I, I'm not naming names uh, specifically to give you the option for how far down uh, the rabbit hole you want to go. Um. So in this confused, mixed up feeling uh, that I had, I reached out to a few friends of mine uh, to, to kind of try to uh, sort sort out my feelings, kind of try to uh, get straight and, you know, confessing that I was basically in that I don't quite know how to feel stage. And so I, I'm going to read to you uh, the text that that I that I received that brought things suddenly into crystal clear focus. Quote, I mean, I know how to feel, which is bad. Uh, sort of like talking to a fun acquaintance and then suddenly they just casually drop the N-word. Yep, that's exactly the feeling i have and you know you could substitute that with with whichever whichever slur um is most offensive to you uh but yeah that's that that's exactly what that is you know just kind of like that that hey wait a minute you know kind of like that weird shock of betrayal um so i i asked my wife for advice uh this morning and because i i wasn't sure I wasn't sure if I wanted to tackle this head on that that was my first impulse. In fact, my very first impulse was to just dox and just name names and just put it all out there, spill the tea. Uh, but then I realized as I was reading a lot of these tweets, because I, I went deeper and deeper in and 
very few of the tweets that I saw actually outed this creator by name. So I was like, you know what? I think maybe I'm going to uh, follow that example. And again, you could figure it out super easily. Um, but anyway, I that was my first impulse. And then my next impulse was still to tackle it face first because I haven't talked about Comicsgate and I know that it is a polarizing topic. And I also know because of um, my own um, perspective on things, I it is something that I can arguably find myself kind of in the middle. You know, I, I like to think of myself as a fairly progressive guy. You know, a a fairly progressive person that happens to be a, you know, a straight white male over the age of 40. Um, so um, I, I'm I'm progressive, but because of my age and upbringing and and whatever else you want to call it, I'm also a bit of a curmudgeon. Um, you know, my, my podcast history is littered with, you know, all kinds of stuff that, that, uh, could be very easily seen as not progressive. I, I'm incredibly stubborn. Um, but I also have friends that are definitely on both sides of this issue. Um, like, for example, I have a guest that frequently co-hosts on my podcast and you know his politics by the hat that he wears. And you know sometimes how our manner of speaking or sometimes our even our perspective on things changes by the company we keep and who we talk to. I have found myself during those podcast episodes kind of, you know, really being faced head on with some of my more um, abrasive tendencies. Um, again, I, I, I think that I'm a nice person. I'm a caring person. Um, uh, but yeah, there, I, I definitely have a curmudgeon streak. Um, Likewise, I have friends that have said, you know, if you uh, if you support Comicsgate, you're supporting hate and I can't be associated with you. So for somebody like me, that 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 puts me in a a oddly unenviable uh, position. Um, so anyway, so so I. I was asking advice for my wife, uh, from my wife, and she said, well, if you're going to present both sides of it, then that's a good idea. You know, go ahead and, you know, uh, uh, just present it that way, because that's what I had told her. I go, well, there's a couple different ways to look at it. And both sides are very opinionated. Um, you know, I mean, unfortunately, the, this has become kind of a a, a socio political issue. So, 
politics does kind of have to come into it uh, uh, by necessity, unfortunately. You know, again, I, I try to kind of keep the the politics out of the this goofy uh, Transformers adjacent podcast, but uh, but in the, in this case, I can't avoid it, and I've got opinions, and you have opinions, and and you know, may, maybe they're not necessarily the same, and that and that's a struggle that I have. Um, as somebody that's doing um, opinion-based commentary, you know it's it it is incredibly difficult at times. Um, so I I told Lucky I I was like okay well you know I I have some research material that you know it, it kind of explains things objectively. This side thinks this, that side thinks that. And, and, you know, and then I can kind of pepper in my, um, you know, my, my own kind of thought process, uh, uh, within that. And she cautioned me against specifically taking sides, you know, kind of try to be objective. Now, again, this isn't necessarily a journalistic based podcast, but it, it's certainly an opinion based one. And, um, as I was recording here, I, I have come to the realization that I've already picked a side. And what I mean by that specifically is look at the stuff that I've promoted, uh, the or more accurately, the stuff I have not promoted. I haven't had any comic skaters on my show because it's been like, Oh, ew, you're one of those that that's, that's been my attitude. And I think that's why I'm so kind of upset about, about this here today. Um, whereas I have had numerous creators on the show that I would say are incredibly liberal, incredibly progressive, um, more so than I am. Honestly, I mean, I, I have to own up to that as well. Um, there, I, I, I remember, I mean, I guess now I've, I've had this conversation outside of this podcast as well, but really the litmus test for where somebody sits is how they feel about star Wars, the last Jedi. Right. Um, and I've talked about that a little bit where it's like, I, I've got a, I've got a good friend that we just know that we can't talk about it because because we're so diametrically opposed. I don't like it. I do not like that movie. Um, and I did a lengthy rant style podcast with the guy with the hat. So um, I don't know if that gives you um, a deal breaker level of insight into where I'm coming from. But I, I just felt that, you know, the, the, the movie just falls apart narratively and doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And there's, you know, poor writing and poor characterization, none of which has anything to do with with uh, uh, gender or race. Um, but The Last Jedi is one of those things that if you're somebody that looks like me. And you say you don't like that movie, suddenly you're with them. And that's, I, I, 
that's where I get really curmudgeon-y. Um, that's where I was like, I I don't appreciate being so easily dismissed because while I have opinions that are tangentially similar to folks that do have those opinions, you know, um, that uh, again, you know, are, you know, racist and bigoted and homophobic. And, and I, I am none of those things. Now I, I'm not going to insult you by saying that, oh, well, you know, some some of my best friends are gay. Some of my best friends are trans because that's not accurate for my my experience. I do have friends that are gay and I do have friends that are trans, but I, I'm not I'm not going to, you know, uh, uh, do white savior, white knight virtue signaling here. That's 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 not what I'm about. But again, I, I've already made my choice and I didn't realize that I had already made my choice, uh, before I started recording. Um, uh, uh you know, th- th- there was a story I wanted to tell, um, a few weeks ago, um, that, you know, I, I, I just, I, I shied away from it at the last minute. Um, back when I was supporting the uh, Kickstarter for Deadbeat, the uh, the horror anthology from A Wave Blue World. Now, you know, I, I again, I've, I've talked to a couple different creators um, uh, from that book and from that company. Um, they have a very progressive message and to... Um, some, you know, they're 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 very much, you know, like a quote unquote SJW uh, type uh, company where, you know, a lot of their output and creators focus on uh, diversity and inclusion. That's not specifically the way that I look at it, though. I do think that, quote unquote, SJWs are a thing. And that's something that I. I I sometimes have low tolerance of, but I feel that uh, a Wave Blue World's output is specifically progressive, intentionally uh, progressive um, in that way, and that's and that's kind of their brand and their style, and that's you kind of know what you're getting, um, in a way that like if you're supporting a Comicsgate project, you also know what you're getting. And I guess, you know, that there's a batch of creators that just want to party like it's 1993 or something like that. I just, I don't, I don't understand it, but the, the, there's another arm of, uh, comics gates tactics that, um, a lot will consider to be harassment. And again, I've, I've kind of had ostrich syndrome in that it's like, well, you know, is this a thing? Is this folks that they're just perceiving it, that are just feeling it? Um, because, again, it's kind of like something that's been at arm's length for me for for many years. Um, but then I, in supporting Deadbeats from A Wave Blue World, I would see that the comments 
would be, I, I don't know what the tactic is called, uh, so I'll just call it carpet bombing, um, was, was basically trolling comments from comic skaters. And the only reason I say it's comic skaters specifically because they would drop titles and creator names and um, constant remarks about where the project was going financially, Um, you know, uh, making fun of it because, you know, I mean, it was it was at at times a slow moving uh, Kickstarter. Whereas the the biggest argument from uh, these these comics gator knuckleheads is, well, I mean, they have money. Uh, you can't deny that. I mean, you we, we, we see this with conservative type minded folks that's like they're generally the ones I mean I mean that's I mean I don't know if that's a social uh economical type thing that that's just my observation but I found that uh conservatives generally have a whole lot of money and and liberal artsy folks generally don't um anyway so like when comicsgate projects go up they're almost immediately funded and and they're usually funded like several hundred times over uh, the goal, just just uh, uh, bathing in money. And like I said, that 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 was the red flag for this uh um this creator project that that it got on my um that got on my radar. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it it really kind of tweaked my melon that people would go onto the Deadbeats Kickstarter and become a backer just to make trolling comments. And I was going to say something about it on the podcast, but I didn't know how to approach it. Because before today, I've never really snapped open the uh, the case uh, of Comicsgate because again it, it didn't didn't really apply to me, um, and it, it's interesting because in being involved with promoting Deadbeats a little bit, I I saw I saw some things that I didn't necessarily like. I um, I'm not familiar with all of the creators that are involved, but uh, apparently one of the uh, creators involved in Deadbeats is is a polarizing figure, in that whatever it is that they're about, that the uh more right wing leaning folks uh really don't like uh like that person. So it's like I've seen and and this this other person, um, which. Again, man, this this is difficult when I'm not naming names, but I, I'm not familiar with this person's work anyway. But it was more or less like some of the allegations were this creator was brought onto the project, you know, as just another SJW to boost this SJW book, which, okay, sure, fine, whatever. But um, this person hits back and hits back pretty hard and profanely (laughs) and so it's one of those things where i i'm watching these tweets stuck in the middle 
And I'm like, I don't know if I necessarily like that disproportionate response. That guy's an asshole, but um, I don't really know if that's any better. Now, I, I am hoping to whatever higher power I believe in, I'm not saying like good people on both sides because as I'm running it through in my mind, as I'm talking to you now, it's starting to sound that way. And that's, uh, that's, that's not something I, I really want to get into. Um, but yeah. And so I, I guess, I guess to just kind of curve things back around, this apparently wasn't the end of uh of the the fervor uh with regarding uh Transformers artists and and Comicsgate uh uh connections because come to find out one of the stretch goals for this unnamed project that I've been talking about the the whole time a prolific I would say very famous Transformers artist is doing a variant cover for uh for that book and that got another wave of folks upset and the timing of it couldn't have been worse because this uh um, this artist is, um, well, again, as I said, probably one of the most prolific of the modern day IDW um, uh, comic books. Uh, but they're also known for um, uh, drawing um, uh, ship related um uh images you know where it's you know it's generally and and pardon my being blunt but um a lot of a lot of shippy related fan art is generally gay romance and you know there there is a large segment of the transformers fandom that is super into that um it's not my personal cup of tea, but I don't have any, you know, revulsion to it or, or opposition to it. In fact, a lot of the pieces that I've seen on Twitter kind of make me smile. And, you know, I, I, I appreciate the, you know, the, the artistry of it and the composition and things like that, but it, but it's, it's not anything I would ever be interested in. But, um, but again, that, that's a, that's a, you do you, that, that's a, um, I, I guess to look at another uh, side of my uh, viewpoint on The Last Jedi, it's like, oh, it's not for me. OK, so, yeah, so so shippy art, it's not for me, um, but I like that the people that like it really like it. Um, and, and again, that's that's one of my favorite things about Transformers fandom is that, you know, there 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 is something for literally everybody and. And I think it's great because it shouldn't all be for me because you know what? I've got plenty. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, um, and, and it reminds me of uh, something that uh, Liz from Sidefest Northwest uh, has um, has said is that she feels like in Transformers fandom, she doesn't have to fight 
for her place. And that that is something that has stuck in my mind in a big, bad way and something that, quite frankly, I'll never forget. So um, so I, I'm dialed into that even if something isn't for me. I digress. So this artist who had just put out a tweet saying like, hey, man, I'm going to be at a Transformers convention and I am going to do a limited print run of just ship art, um, which incidentally, embarrassingly, oh, this is so embarrassing. When I first read that tweet, um, I really thought that he was referring to spaceships. No, really. I, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I'd, I'd buy an art book full of ships. You know, it's like you got, you got like the 23 different versions of the Ark, and you know, maybe like you know some of the the more uh, spaceship related characters. I wish I was joking. I'm embarrassed, and 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 I'm saying this as somebody that does have a great bit of familiarity with ship culture and and you know has has a thorough understanding of shipping i'm a 40 year old man but i i i know from shipping i get it anyway so so he puts this tweet out and um i i see responses to it it's like yeah i um i can't really support this because you're supporting a known comic skater. Now, I also want to fully disclose that I have not done the research to determine whether this other artist, this this far more prolific and famous artist, is himself also a comic skater. I haven't done that. I don't know if my heart can handle it. Uh, because, again, that's a person that I have given a fair amount of money to have uh, pieces of art. And if I mean, because I mean, the, the this first person that I'm referring to is relatively low on the on the rung of uh, Transformers creators, whereas this other person that is doing a variant cover for the project is very high up. I I would say top five, maybe even top three, and somebody would probably argue with me and say number one. So, um, that's that's the level that uh, that we're dealing with here. Um, so yeah, so I I, I guess I am kind of keeping my my head in the sand um, a little bit. So I I think after talking to you i'm still as mixed up as i was before but now i think because of my honesty and where i'm coming from i may have lost some friends on both sides and that that makes me sad and i i don't know what that says about the divisive nature of of where we're at as a as a country and a society and and again obviously the the this issue is larger than anything I've unpacked before um so I I tell you what I I'm very interested to get your opinions and I'm very interested 
in engaging with you. You know, it's like if you want to, uh, you know, tell me I'm full of crap. Um, and because I mean, you know, it's it's interesting also because um, I, I referred to my conversation with Liz earlier and um, uh, one of my other favorite things that she said is that, you know, robots are gay. Deal with it. And I I appreciate that and I have no problem with that. Um, so. After all of that. Here's what I, I, I guess a question I would like to leave you with. And, and and this this is what I need help with. And it's the age old question of is it possible to separate the art from the artist? Is it possible for me to separate the art from the artist? Like um, can I still continue to enjoy uh, that creator's art now that I know what I know and am, you know, uh, philosophically opposed? Um, and that's to say nothing about, um, you know, if there if there's a revelation about the other creator that I've referred to that I have a much larger investment in. I mean, it's like in situations like this is the move to tear it all down, uh, to disavow. Um, I, I, and I can't help but think of, you know, is this a Bill Cosby situation? You know, it's like, um, I, I, I'm not going to listen to a Bill Cosby record ever again. Um, but I enjoyed the Cosby show when I was a kid. So, um, but I, I don't have a, I don't have a Cosby show DVDs to rid myself of. Whereas I have boxes of Transformers comics. Um, so I mean, perhaps that's an extreme example, but Again, I, I'm kind of repeating myself, but going back through my own posts, I, I realized what side I had picked when I reposted um, uh, something in support of raising money for Mark Wade's legal fund. So um, I, I, I don't want this to necessarily be the end of the conversation. I would prefer it to be uh, perhaps the beginning of the conversation. So uh, please don't be shy. Sound off. Let me know what you think. Uh, but for now, at least with regards to any creators that are uh, associated with Comicsgate, either uh, uh, tangentially or directly, yeah, screw those guys. Whoa, those were some seriously hot takes. How do you feel about it? Let Mike know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Cyber Radio. But hey, I uh, I didn't want to leave things on a down note, so I thought before I got out of here for this week, um, I wanted to give you an update on a crowdfunded project that I actually would like to talk about, and that's Transformers 1986 uh, by the Cybertronics Brie, a cover album by Robots for Humans. 
Now, this is a this is in the category of something I would have waited an eternity for. Uh, it was a it was a campaign that ran through the month of May, and I never really got around to talking about it because, uh, well, they never really needed my help. Uh, I was going to reach out to them too uh, to see if they wanted to do an interview, and and damn, I just now realized how eerily similar these uh, these two stories are. Uh, anyhow, the uh, Kickstarter was fully funded in like a half hour uh, with the uh, top tiers already filled up. Uh, fortunately, they went back to the well and opened up the reward tiers twice two different times uh, to allow everybody who wanted to get in on this project could at the level that they wanted because basically the reason they did it on Kickstarter is kind of like a print-to-order type thing. So this album, uh, Transformers 1986, the uh, cover album from uh, Cybertronic Spree, is exclusive to Kickstarter. That's the only way you can get it unless you get a secondary market later. Uh, but but I tell you what, this is going to be super rad because it's a it's a fully produced album. It's a cover album of the soundtrack to Transformers the movie performed by the Cybertronic Spree, and well, that'll give me another version to add uh, to my pile along with my Respect the Prime 1986 revisited album uh, from Electronic Saviors and Distortion Productions. Uh, that's a that is a that's a very metal version of the soundtrack, and I love it. Uh, I can't have too many versions of these songs. I've got um, oh gosh, two, three, four versions of the uh, of the um, 1986 movie soundtrack album. It, it's a lot. Uh, speaking of, though, um, I want to give a shout out uh, before I get out of here to Jim Simonic, uh, Sir Jimmers, um, on winning the 2019 Local Hero Award um, from ASCRS. Uh, so I found their uh, press release on their website. Uh, Through Electronic Saviors Industrial Music to Cure Cancer, Jim Simonic has told his story of surviving colorectal cancer and raised more than $70,000 for cancer charities and research. On June 2nd, the American Society of Colon and Rectal Surgeons, or the ASCRS, presented him with the 2019 Local Hero Award at the 2019 ASCRS Annual Scientific Meeting in Cleveland, Ohio. Quote, the ASCRS Local Hero Award recognized people affected by colorectal disease whose advocacy or public outreach efforts have had a positive impact on their local communities, said Dr. Sharon Stein, a colorectal surgeon and chair of the ASCRS Public Relations Committee. Uh, uh, Quote, uh, Jim Simonic is a perfect example of this, and we are very proud to present him with the award. So again, congrats to Jimmers, and I can't wait to catch up with 
with him at TFCon Toronto. And that will do it for this week's episode. And if you'd like to listen to my past episodes, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, the Stitcher Radio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you download your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. My name is Mike. Thank you for listening. And until next time, make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.